me up some. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper I've been Chase the greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments, and sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No, Deanna speak. That shit that everybody vouching Ain't no more excuses valid Get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account and you then account it This episode is sponsored by Bees She is the creator of the Gifatize app And the author of the Financial Starter Kick book Bees works in the defense industry As an overseas contractor After years of studying financial literacy and investing, she is now financially free. The Financial Starter Kit comes with a free money allocation spreadsheet and gives you all the resources that you need to take control of your finances today. You can purchase the book at financialstarterkit.com. If you want to learn more about the defense industry and how to obtain a stable, high-paying career in the States or overseas, you can purchase her Defense Industry Guide at www.defenseindustry.guide. Also, for more information, you can follow her on Twitter at capital underscore SB. Today's episode is also brought to you by Brandon Thomas Insurance Services. Brandon Thomas Insurance Services is an independent insurance broker that is accredited by the BBB with a focus on life and health insurance products. They provide insurance coverage for all family members' needs, whether it be children that need affordable life insurance, adults that want term and permanent life insurance options, or seniors that need Medicare or final expense policies. They offer free consulting and quoting to those states in which their services are provided, which include Texas, Louisiana, Colorado, North Carolina, Nevada, Georgia, California, and Ohio. Make sure y'all go check them out at bthomasinsurance.com or give them a call at 512-549-6123. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier. I got my co-host, Lee, with me. Hey, everybody. And today we have another another special guest. That's an episode uh, we've been trying to do for a while now. So now we finally we finally got on. We finally locked in. Her name is Maya Elias. She helps entrepreneurs master their message, increase their prices, and sell high-end offers. She's been featured in Inc., Forbes, Business Insider, and more. So we're super glad to have her on. So welcome to the show. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you for coming on. Uh, so, like, just getting right into it. So, for the people who, who may not be too familiar with you, do you mind giving a little uh, background on yourself? 
Sure. Yeah. So my professional title is personal branding strategist, and I've been in the branding space for about 12 years now. I started in college by designing people's MySpace pages, and then I transitioned into doing some web and graphic design, then helping people create their content. And, you know, as I helped people create content for the website as a web designer, I realized that my gifting was in helping people get released. Uh, clear in their brand message and creating content that resonated, creating content that was engaging. Um, and then, you know, now my main focus is helping people create a message that articulates the value in what they do so they can charge more money for their services. Mm. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. And I seen, I seen uh, a thread you had on Twitter. You talked about how you went from making $35 an hour. Well, you said, I think you said $35 an hour on MySpace page to make $800 an hour as a brand strategist. Now I'm like, ain't no way we're gonna have our own without talking about this. So we get it, it went viral too. So we gotta talk about that just for the people that might not have seen. For sure. Yeah, it's crazy to think that. Like when I was getting paid $35 for the MySpace pages, I was excited. Like I thought I was it. Like I was like, oh, I'm out here making this money. I'm doing what I love. Like it was a lot of money to me. I was, you right. know, 18 years old back then. So mm. I know. I, I, I believe it to, to come up like that. That's that's crazy. My MySpace pages was crazy. So you always pretty much, from what I'm hearing, you all, always pretty much been on the web to uh, build brand and make money, which is interesting because yeah. now that's like fairly, well, I won't say fairly new, but like within the past couple of years, like everybody's trying to do it now. So, but you, yes. you spend, you decade in. <laughs> yeah, I'm over a decade in. And yeah, it is kind of like you almost have to be online, you know, especially kind of starting out. It's a great way to, you know, just reach more people. But it is kind of crazy to think about how long I've been online because there's just a lot of information out there. So I'm like, damn, I don't even know what's all online out there about me. But and and what's also kind of crazy is like, a lot of my followers have seen my transition. So it's like, they know all of my past boyfriends. They know when I was <laughs> only making $5,000 a month. Like, they know all of the, the instances of my, like, people have seen me really grow up in my 20s. So it's interesting. And speaking of transitions, I wanted to ask you, so, you know, MySpace was real big back then, but it's one of those sites that's kind of died off and now you got the Instagrams and the Facebook. So as far as branding, how did your strategy change as the media outlets changed? Mm, yeah, so with MySpace, um, a lot of the people that I worked with um, for MySpace were a lot of like music artists and like wannabe models. So I worked with a lot of like reality TV stars for those um, VH1 like love competition shows like for the love of Ray J and Real Chance of Love. And so they were using that platform because it was really heavy for you know, people that wanted to be artists or like in the entertainment space. So that was great. And then people started realizing they needed their own platform. So people wanted their own like websites. And then as it transitioned, people realized how social media was a great way to drive traffic to their website. So that was kind of the transition. Like MySpace was people's core platform. Then they realized they needed their own, but then they realized they could use social media to then drive traffic to their website. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. So let me, let me, I want to ask you this. So I I often talk about how, like me personally, I say, I think it's a waste to just use social media and not use it to like elevate your livelihood, your business, make money and stuff like that. But then when I talk about that, a lot of times people like, 
What is nothing? It's I, like they they'll get defensive about it, saying like, "What well, is just social media?" And with me personally, I'm I'm like, "Yo, this is much more than just the internet." So like, what? Why do you? What's your thoughts on that? I'll just ask that. Right. I think social media is great. I make a lot of money on social media. So (laughs) (laughs) I think it's really just about how you use it. Like for me, I'm really particular about who I follow on there. Um, I try not to follow a lot of negativity, a lot of drama. Um, But I also do get my news from there because I don't really watch a lot of traditional media because I don't really trust that either. So I like social media in my personal life to connect with people and to get Um, the source of news and for business like it's a great way to just like naturally build relationships with people and have conversations with potential clients like I make a lot of sales through my dms a lot of people like don't dm me don't dm me I'm like here is the checkout page Mimi in my dms (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting that's interesting though because you do hear a lot what people say like don't do business in the dms you'll hear people I hear people say that often so that's that's interesting Yeah, I think people say that because they think, you know, DMs are informal, which, you know, they are informal, but I think you have to know how to navigate the conversation in your DMs. A lot of people, they 100% rule it out because they actually don't know how to set healthy boundaries. In their mind, they're like, if you like my boundary is you can't DM me. For me, it's like, you can DM me, but I know how to set the parameters of the the type of conversations we're having in the DM. So usually from, if you're going to DM me, I might lead you to, you know, getting on a call with me or shooting me an email with more details mm-hmm. makes sense and i don't think you should close it off completely like you said i think you should just be able to tell from the initial message from the person where the conversation is going because you could tell if somebody just wants some free information just you know go about their day or if they're really serious about getting your services and if they are send them to your services get that money exactly yeah again yeah knowing how to navigate them because i think sometimes too what can be annoying is like if people are like dming you about customer service stuff and then it's just like okay just send an email here so i think people just they don't know how to really just navigate you know the the correspondence through dms and uh, i want to ask you why do you think uh, a lot of businesses or brands struggle with their message a lot of businesses and brands struggle with their message because for my audience specifically, I work with people who have been in their industry for, you know, five plus years and they're excellent at what they do, but because they are experts at what they do, they speak a lot of expert jargon. So they really don't know how to simplify their message or dumb down their message for the average person who would be their ideal client to fully understand. So, Um, while they're talking in this expert lingo, it's going over people's heads completely. And that's, that's really the main reason. The other reason would be that they don't know their topic well enough to be able to communicate it clearly. So when it comes to creating content, like, where do you think people should start off? Like when they sit down, they get ready to make their plan and strategy. What are the key things they should be thinking of when making their content? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the key thing that they need to focus on is what is my goal for creating content? So I say that your content should be doing at least one of three things. It should be building your brand. It should be building your email list or your text list, or it should be generating revenue. Now, depending on the season you are in your business, you might just focus on one of those things. You might focus on two, you might focus on all three. Based on that, then you wanna create content that is relevant to the end goal. So for me, like if I'm promoting 
my live event Impact Weekend, I'm going to put out content that reflects what I would teach at Impact Weekend or that reflects the results that people get at Impact Weekend. So some of my content promoting the live event might be a testimonial. Um, some of the content might be a picture of me at the live event and then a caption kind of showing what I'm teaching about it. If I'm in a season of where I'm brand building, then I'm focusing on telling my story because brand building is all about creating that trust. And like a dual part of, of building your brand and creating that trust is telling your story and then also positioning what you know as an expert. So you might also be teaching. If your focus is building your email list, then you want to drive traffic to whatever your lead magnet is or whatever um, tool that you're using to, you know, generate leads. And I love that you pointed out telling your story because I hear that all the time from a lot of content creators. They say the biggest thing is tell your story. And a lot of people who are just getting started struggle with that because they don't think their story is interesting enough or no one's going to be able to relate to their story. Have you struggled with that in the past or dealt with content creators who have that issue and overcame it? Yeah. So many people feel like their story is not powerful enough, deep enough, effective enough. And I think people feel like they have to go through this like huge tragedy in order to be like interesting. And it's like, girl, nobody had to die for you to be interesting. You can just tell your story. It's fine. And I think too, a lot of people um, feel pressure because they're like, I don't have one big story. But when it comes to storytelling, you could tell your everyday story. So I can tell the story of transitioning to vegan. I could tell the story of um, losing weight. I could tell the story of um, my first time putting together a live event. I could tell the story of having to fire my first client. There's so many different stories of your life. You're not just made up of one story. There's so many aspects to you, but a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know if that's interesting enough, but we care about these stories because people are nosy. This is why we love reality TV. There's really nothing significant about these people that we're watching. We're just nosy and people want a little bit of, you know, inside information of your life. So just, you know, show, show a little bit behind the scenes. <laughs> That's facts. And it's it's two things you said. I, I kind of wanted to get back to the uh, talk about brand message and stuff. But before that, when you talked about, you talked pretty much like the storyteller. I feel like a lot of times I was reading, I was reading a book. I don't remember what it is. And it talked about how every successful company, like at the core of it is they master the art of storytelling. Like that's how you get people to buy into your brand, buy into your business is being able to, being able to articulate a good story. But a lot of times, like this, this, I'm glad we're talking about this because I talk about this a lot. Like a lot of times we talk about like doing business, but a lot, a lot of business, a lot of times got a lot to do with your, uh, like charisma, the way, you know, the way you like your personality. And a lot of times people don't really have a personality for real. And it's like, you can't really read eBooks or courses that could give you a personality. So it's like, I could understand why some people do struggle with that, being able to articulate themselves in a way that's like intriguing to others. Absolutely. A lot of times people are just so dry and it's like, do you laugh? <laughs> do you get mad? Do you have any emotions whatsoever? And I get that. I think people are just so nervous to come across as weird or come across as lacking professionalism. And they're so focused on just seeming professional and seeming like an expert that they do forget the personality side of them. Like I remember when I first started blogging, and a lot of my content was just advice and tips, advice and tips, advice and tips. And I remember my sister saying like, okay, it's good, but you kind of sound like a stuffy professor. 
And I was like, oh, wow, like I need to put more of my personality in this. And so I just started following people that felt really comfortable with their natural voice and would tell jokes in their blog posts or just show some of their quirkiness. And that helped me become more confident in, in putting some of my um, personality in my content. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's all about just finding balance. Like, you know, have that, have your business side of things, have your personal side of things and just having a nice balance. So you can attract people from all different angles. Absolutely. Yeah. Knowing how to find that balance. And this is why people are like, just be yourself, just be yourself. And like, I know we hear that advice and people are like, okay, I'm trying to be myself. And then they're so stiff. And it's like, that's not you infuse your personality into your business. And I think what can help with that is like to fully understand yourself, like writing down what matters to you, I think is important. The type of people that you want to work with, the type of customers and clients that you want to work with. And oftentimes I think people come from a place of desperation when it comes to clients and customers that they're not picky choosy about who they want to work with. But it's so important to be picky choosy about who you want to work with because you want to attract people that you really vibe with. So write down the values of the, the client or customer that you, you know, want buying your stuff. And I think that will help you bring out the personality that would attract that type of person. Mm, makes sense. Do you think there's a, oh, you want to say something? I was going to ask her, do you think there's a, a such thing as over-marketing yourself or overselling yourself? Because that's terms that sometimes I hear every now and then. And it's always interesting to hear people's thoughts on that. Hmm. Over-marketing or overselling? I guess technically you could. Um, but the only reason I would look at somebody and say you're overselling is because they don't know how to effectively sell themselves. Not the fact that they're consistently promoting themselves, because I think consistency is so important. I think a lot of people don't promote themselves or market themselves enough. But one thing for me is when I feel like, so for example, like when I get on a sales call with somebody that wants to join my program, the moment I feel like I'm selling, then I'm like, oh no, this is automatically not a good fit because they should already be sold based on the content that you've created and the value that you position for your products and your services. So for me, when it comes to overselling, it's not like, oh, she's promoting herself too much. It's like, oh, you don't feel confident in what you're doing. You're like really overselling. Like you're now starting to like give all these extra perks and you're starting to devalue yourself. You're starting to cut your prices because you're trying desperately to get the sale. So that's in my mind, that's what overselling is. But I don't think that it means that you shouldn't be promoting yourself consistently. Mm. You go ahead, D. I see you want to say something. <laughs> no, uh, I just wanted to kind of go back a little bit to you were kind of touching on um, interacting with the customers and different people on social media. And one of the biggest things I see personally, a pet peeve of mine is that a lot of people don't know how to switch off that personal side of things and conduct themselves professionally when they have customers oh. commenting on their social media posts. So I would just want to see if you could provide some tips or some different ways to navigate through that space so you don't come off as unprofessional and then leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths from looking at your social media. Mm, that's a good question. And again, I think it 100% depends on the type of industry that you're in. So, you know, with my industry, 
I am, you know, B2C, I work with consumers. So, you know, the type of people that I work with, they look like me, they sound like me, they talk like me, they watch the same shows as me, we crack up at the same jokes. So I can still, like, I have a good mix of like personal and professional. I think when it comes to showing your personality and um, having a personal touch, I think what's also important to understand is that you also can't take things personally. And I think that's where people go wrong because there, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of a, a personality in your response, but there's an issue when you start to take things personally because that's where a lot of customer service issues go wrong. <laughs> Somebody points something out to you and they're like, hey, I wasn't pleased with this service and you take it as a personal attack. And it's like, no, if you really vibe with your clients and your customers and you really want the best for the for your people, then you're gonna show up and you're gonna take accountability. So I think the main thing you know, when it comes to professionalism is just saying like, hey, how can I make this better? You know, it wasn't my intention for you to be dissatisfied. How can I really show up for you to make this better? And just having a conversation where you can let your ego go. I feel like that's not talked about enough, like customer service, because I think that's the probably one of the biggest things that new entrepreneurs and small business owners struggle with. Like that's the most complaints you'll hear about small businesses is the professionalism and the customer service. And nobody really, like people will talk about everything else as far as strategies and how to get more customers and stuff like that. But no one like really dives into being a good, doing good customer service as much as they should. Exactly. Yeah. I actually have a, a client, her name is Dominique Taylor and she, her focus, well, she, she calls herself a retention strategist because she basically says like marketing will get you people, but good customer service will keep your people. And right. she focuses on teaching um, specifically minority owned businesses, how to have excellent customer service. Cause she's like, I want to get rid of the stigma that all black businesses have poor customer service. So let's talk about what good customer service and what good customer experiences can look like for your business. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Very like you shouldn't be in the comments going back and forth and arguing with people and doing this, that, and the third, because granted, you may be getting that person together, but it's other potential customers or people who may already work with you seeing the way you conduct yourself. And that may be a huge turnoff. Exactly. And it, it's honestly just an ego thing. Like people just need to let their egos go. Like they feel so embarrassed and they feel so attacked that they're like, oh, I'm not going to let this person embarrass me on my page. So I got to get them back. And it's like, it's not that serious. Just make sure that they're happy and they're good. Yeah, that's real. And something um, I wanted to, I heard you mention building out your email list and your text list. And I love, you know, growing your email list. And we also use text me text message marketing. So can you dive into that a little bit? Because I know a lot of people focus so much on the social media side that they forget those original traditional ways of marketing. Yeah. So I don't I don't have a text list personally, but I like to keep things very simple in my business. I'm like a text list is just it's team too much. Y'all will see me on Instagram and if you sign up for this email list. Um, but I am intentional about building my email list because it's a way that I can directly have communication with my people, with my followers, my community, my audience. And like you were saying, a lot of people focus so much on social media that they forget to collect their information. At the end of the day, we want to build enough trust where people are like, hey, I want to hear from you specifically. Like, I don't want an algorithm to stop me from having communication 
with you or to stop me from being marketed to. Like if your content is really good and if you're, you're doing this promo thing right, people want to opt into that. They want to see that. They want to hear from you. They want to hear more of your story. They want to hear more of your offers. So you want to create something, you know, what in marketing we call a lead magnet. You want to create some type of resource like a free PDF or a free training, anything like that, you know, where people can opt into it and then get on your list. But then once they get on your list, you need to actually communicate with them. You need to nurture them. So you want to have some type of email sequence where you're checking in on them, you're giving them updates, you're providing more value. So that's really important to do. Mm -hmm. Do you use platforms such as like MailChimp or ConvertKit for growing your email list or keeping track of all your leads? Mm -hmm. I use a CRM platform called Entreport. And a lot of my clients are on ConvertKit. Gotcha. ConvertKit is definitely a good one people should utilize for setting up all those systems. Absolutely. Yeah. And then depending on how much you're making in your business, Entreport is great because it is a CRM, meaning like you can track all of the details of the person that joins your list. So I see how much money they spent with me. I see where they originally got on my email list. I see what campaigns they're in, all of that stuff. So if you're like, if it's important for you to be able to track all of those little micro details, then Entreport is really good. But if you're like, hey, I'm just starting out, I'm just trying to get like my first 500 people on my list, um, ConvertKit is an excellent platform. Mm -hmm. I, I want to ask you this. This, this, I know this is probably like some, uh, I don't want to say juicy stuff, but you know, you know that's <laughs> how people say. I seen you on Instagram, you talked about how you had a uh, 100K month. And the reason I brought this up is because and I, first of all, I want to say congrats and salute to you because that's the you. big deal that's major. And Thank the reason you. I brought this up because I know when people listen to the podcast, they always want to hear the numbers. They always want to hear like <laughs> what this person <laughs> is doing. So you right. killing it. But the, the other mm -hmm. side of that that people don't get to see is all the stuff you got to go to to get to those wins <laughs> and get to those months. You know what I'm saying? You've been yeah. in business for a while. So people... They don't get to see that part and they think, okay, I'm gonna do what Maya's doing. She got a hundred K month. I'm about to start and I, I should be getting me a hundred K month soon. And, <laughs> and I feel like like that's how a lot of people they think about things. So it's like it's not like it's not I don't wanna say it's not that easy, but you it's it's gonna be consistency that you gotta you gotta work for it to get to that point, not just looking at somebody and say, She doing that, I should be able to do that too in a short time period. <laughs> <laughs> but but i just just I, I just want you to talk about like the 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 stuff like to all the work you did to get up to that to that moment where you could have a hundred thousand dollar month <laughs> <laughs> i'm laughing so hard because it's like if they knew if they knew <laughs> exactly 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 and then would be like you know what i'm actually straight at 5k a month <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but man, it's crazy. So I was, um, I was watching my leak teal's stories the other day and she posted, uh, some quote that said something like, instead of watching where people are right now and trying to, and trying to mimic that watch and match their early grind. And mm. it's the early grind that got me to the hundred K in June. It wasn't May's work that got me to a uh, hundred K in June. It was, June 2014 that got me to this you know what I mean so um I think you know a, a lot of the work that got me there like how you said consistency but it's also paying close attention 
to mm. what's working and what's not working. It's paying close attention to what people want and what people don't want. It's also paying close attention to what you enjoy selling and what you don't enjoy selling. So I got to this 100K by figuring out like, this is my it thing. Like I made, a, um, I would say $90,000 of that came from just three offers, my live event, my front end coaching program and my back end mastermind. Mm. That's where all the money came from. Three offers. And it's be I figured out those three offers because it was trial and error of selling masterclasses, selling webinars, selling courses, selling speaking events, selling ebooks, selling all of these things. And then saying, okay, I'm no longer going to sell this course. I'm no longer going to sell this masterclass. I'm going to put these courses and masterclasses together and make it a live event. It's a lot of trial and error and then seeing what is working. So that's how I got to, you know, the hundred thousand dollar month. Mm -hmm. That's, man, that's, that's so I'm like, I, thank you. Yeah. Congrats. Congrats again. That's like I said, that's major. And I, I definitely want you to touch on that. Cause I know, like we talk about it all the time, like even in my personal life, when I tell other people stuff and it's like, they instantly, they'd be like, dang, I'm gonna try to do that within the next two months. And it's like, yo, it don't work like that, man. This, you know what I'm saying? Not only do you got to put things in place, but most importantly, you got to build certain habits before you could even think about like that outcome, that end goal. Cause it's going, you know what I'm saying? It's not, <laughs> it's not going to yeah. be sweet. Yeah, ex you're so right. Like building the habits and then like, you also, honestly, you don't want to miss out on the person you become on mm. your path to making that money. Like I'm a completely different person. I, you know, my mindset is different. I'm so much more confident and I'm just overall better as a coach. Like I'm a way better coach and speaker now than I was four or five years ago. And it's a lot of, you know, the trial and error, but also just getting better in my practice. Mm -hmm. You got to respect process 100 percent. you gotta mm -hmm. the process but something you you said that i think is very interesting because people had this conversation a lot you said figuring out your it you figured it out and you just went hard at it and i think people always ask they always say like how do i figure out like what's my it like what what would your response be to people that ask that question um, I would say you probably need to test out a bunch of things and then figure out what you enjoy the most and measure um, the results, right? So like a lot of people can say that they're good at something, but it's like, who else is impacted by this besides you? So I pay attention to who's getting the results based on, you know, the offers that I get. And one question that I ask my clients is, what are you the absolute best at? If you don't feel like you're the absolute best at it, why are you doing it? I feel mm. like I'm the absolute best at helping people with their messaging. I feel like I'm one of the best personal branding strategists in the world. And if you don't feel like you're the absolute best, can that really be your it thing? And if you don't feel like you're the absolute best, what do you need to continue studying and learning so you can become one of the best? Mm -hmm. mm, that's big right there. Yeah, that's probably you, pre you preaching right there. That's that sound like, uh, <laughs> that's like, I equate that to like the, the mob of mentality, what they talk about with Kobe Bryant a lot. Like when he, mm -hmm. it's like, being your best, like knowing like, okay, right. But not, not only that, cause you could say, okay, I'm the best at this without putting any work in it. Well, you know, it's not true, but it's like putting those hours in, like they say the 10,000 hours where you like actually truly believe I'm the best at this. And I know yes. I'm the best at this. I could bag it up. Cause I didn't put the work in. I didn't put the hours in. You can't tell me I'm not the best. Right. I put the work in and the results speak for themselves. It's mm. not Maya made a bunch of money. So she's the best. No, Maya's clients made a lot of money. So she's doing something right. 
Talk that talk. I like that. Talk that talk. <laughs> yeah, I, love, <laughs> I love that. But look, I want to ask you this because this is something. This is a. This is if you if you mind going here, I want to ask you this. If you don't want to answer, it's cool. But okay. I know I talk to a lot of business women, and they often in a in a dating field they struggle. It's like you know what I'm saying because you might have so much going on, you winning, but it's it's nobody up to par or meeting or meeting that level that you at. So my question is, you is what advice would you be get? What would you give to women that's in that same path and struggle with that same that's that's that same thing? I'm <laughs> your facial expression killing me. <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to give anybody dating advice, so let's start there. If you want business advice, I am all for you when it comes to dating, sis. If I knew, I would have a husband and kids, um, but <laughs> and I think it looks different for everybody, like what they are even looking for in a partner. Because for me, like, because of like, you know, I'm publicly successful and I'm so open about my numbers, like, I'm not necessarily looking for somebody that's making as much money as me. What I'm specifically attracted to is ambition matched with effort. So if you can't show up with effort, that's not sexy to me because I put effort in pretty much everything that I do. So you know, I would say I was actually reading um, a devotional with the person that I'm dating right now, actually, and we were reading a devotion that was talking about being um, unequally yoked. And it, it's not really just about like, oh, are they as spiritual as you or do they believe in God the same way as you do? It's like, do they have the same grind and hustle as you? Do they, same, do they have the same um, goals as you do? Do they wake up early like you do? Do they, do they just have the same level of passion as you do? And so I think when it comes to dating, you want to find somebody that can match the, the level of effort that you put into your everyday life because it's going to get old very quickly when you're the person waking up, you're hustling, you're going after bigger, you're thinking about your future family, you're trying to build wealth, you're starting your investment accounts, and this person is just kind of like, oh, well, I woke up at 8.30 because I have to be to work at 9 and I'm good with the one paycheck that's coming in and then I come home and I play video games and then I go to sleep. That's fine for somebody that's okay with that lifestyle, but if it doesn't match your level of effort, it's going to get old very quickly. Mm. That's heavy right there. I would say, like, I feel like not even just for women, but with really successful people and hardworking people, they carry a certain level of perfectionist in them and you don't want to translate that into your relationship because being honest, you're not going to find somebody that's a hundred percent perfect. So when you're setting those standards for your relationship, don't be unrealistic, but then don't, on the other hand, don't settle for someone. So you got to find that balance where you are mapping out the qualities you want in someone where it's like, okay, I can, you know, I can get these things and be happy with these things and all these other things are a bonus. But, you know, again, don't settle, but find that balance where the main thing is finding somebody, like you say, who has drive, ambition, who who's going to make you happy overall to be with them. Right. I, I definitely feel like finding that balance is hard because sometimes you find yourself settling because you're like, wait, they look really good and they drive a nice <laughs> car, but then it's like they're lazy at home or, or something mm -hmm. else is missing the mark or there's times where you'll find somebody that's perfect on paper, but they're boring as hell in real life. And you're like, there's <laughs> nothing exciting about you. I'm so dry. I can't even take it. Um, so you need to be able to definitely 100% be able to 
find that balance. And like, even like, if you're the type of person that makes a list, like you want to have, like when I made a list like years ago, it was like the non-negotiables. Then it was like complimentary stuff. And then it was like physical appearance. So it's like, you want to know your non-negotiables from your preferences. Mm. And I would add one last thing is just being open-minded because if you close yourself off to certain things, you might miss out on the one you're supposed to really be with. So just be a little bit more open-minded when you're, you know, approaching different people, having these different people come to your space and, you know, trying some new things out and seeing what really fits for you. And that goes back to also being honest with yourself too, but you know, who you are and what you really like. Mm, mm. Y'all over there yeah. preaching. God damn. Being open-minded is hard. You're right. Um, it's hard for me to be open-minded when it comes to dating. <laughs> why, is it, why, why is that? I think because like even when my friends or family, they're like, oh, I, I feel like I know somebody or, you know, I want to hook you up with somebody. I'm like, there's no way y'all know anybody that would be. <laughs> that I would be remotely like attracted to. And they tried it one time and I was like, he's just so regular. Like for the average person, he would be great. But I'm like, for me, it's just going to be a no. It's, it's hard for me to be open-minded, but you know, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think especially in these, in these days and times, it's like almost a gift and a curse for people that's like doing, that's like killing it within their personal life and business when it comes to like dating with them. Cause it's so hard to find somebody that got the same mentality as you, that same work ethic. So it's like, damn, you blessed to have that, all that work ethic, but it's like, it's probably going to be a damn near impossible for you to find somebody that's, that got the similar things. So that's what I see often through my like entrepreneur friends. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm in a relationship. I'm like, I consider myself pretty lucky, but a lot of my friends is not the same. So it's like, damn, yeah, that's why. Yeah, you just have to know what's important to you because it's like, I don't think that. Um, and I think I'm a little bit competitive where it's like, you're nobody's gonna outwork me, nobody's gonna out earn me. <laughs> but it's like, do you have something that you're passionate about? You know, that's what for me gets me excited again the passion, the ambition, and the effort. So, knowing like, what is it that gets you excited in this relationship? You know, it doesn't have to be hard, but you just have to be clear on, you know, what's important to you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, no woman wants a man who's gonna be insecure about her success. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. If you're not no. doing as well. Just be confident and passionate in what you're doing, and we could rock with that. But don't be over here feeling insecure about me. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't be insecure, but don't be so confident where you think I'm gonna like take care of everything. Because I've had issues on both hands, and it's like <laughs> I remember I dated a dude for maybe like two weeks, and I stopped talking to him because he jokingly asked me when I was gonna take him out. I'm like. You want me to court you back? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I ain't playing yourself. Y'all hearing this? Y'all hear all talk? I ain't playing. That come I'm nervous that this episode is going to come back and bite me in the ass. <laughs> listen to this. And then when I finally reveal my man, they're going to be like, all that talk and this is what you came up with. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be the opposite. Or, you know, all you right. find that person who matched everything to Everything he said. That's, that's, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. I, I claim that with y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, Impact Weekend. So for the people that's not familiar with it, do you mind going over what it is? Yeah, so Impact Weekend is my annual three-day live event. Um, it's for women only. So sorry, guys. Like some of my clients be trying to be like, can my husband come? Like he's been asking 
but um, it's for it's for female entrepreneurs, um, a little bit faith based. So it's a lot of uh, women of faith that are in the room, and really, I'm just helping them uh, build their brand, master their message, and showing them how to make money and take their business to six figures. So super excited about it. Next one will be in 2021, February 5th through 7th. Okay. Do you hold it at a specific location or does it vary? It varies. Um, so this one will be, um, so it'll always be in Atlanta. Um, last year it was at the W and we're kind of figuring out exactly what hotel we, we want for it right now, but I'm pretty sure it'll be in somewhere in Buckhead, Atlanta. Sounds exciting. I'm excited. You better come with your strong knees because we're going to be twerking and praising the Lord and talk about how to make money. <laughs> All of it. If you go to builttoimpact.com, you can see the, the promo video. You're going to see us doing all of those things. It's super exciting. Really, really fun. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. We need that space for women. Absolutely. Yeah. That's dope. I had another question. I can't think of what I was. Yeah, y'all just had me cracking up laughing. I lost my train of thought for a second. <laughs> well, but, I just had one question. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, we kind of we didn't talk on this as far as branding, but are you a fan of using ads, or do you prefer just a hundred percent organic content? Or I think organic reach. Right. I think ads can be helpful. I don't use ads in my business right now. Um, I think I used it like I actually just got off. Um, a bookkeeping call with my finance manager and we're looking at like my my you know expenses and I think I've maybe spent like two percent of what I make on ads so I don't rely heavily on ads but I do think that ads can be great but I think that ads are pointless if you're not clear on your message because ads are meant to amplify what's already working so if you haven't already mastered your message and you don't know what's proven and working in your business then you're just going to be wasting money and driving traffic to something that's not working like zero percent of zero is zero so if you drive in traffic to something that's generating zero dollars and it's not working then ads is just going to amplify your success or your losses mm -hmm. You go ahead, D. I see oh, you. Have some uh, if you had, but um, one more thing too is, are you, do you um focus on the analytics of your marketing? So like, I know Instagram and Twitter allows you to pull up the analytics page and research all of that. So do you use that in your planning or strategizing for future content? Hmm. I don't really look at my social media analytics. I see that my following is growing. Um. But I don't rely heavily on that. The majority of the analytics that I look at would be just the money. Like, okay, <laughs> are people buying or are they not buying? So I think sometimes we can um, overthink like our following and our engagement. It's like, okay, but how much money did you make? So I look at um, the money that I made and how I made the money. And so because I know specifically like my marketing is maybe going to be through calls or my marketing is going to be through webinars. A lot of that is going to be coming from my email list. So, and my email list right now is already at, uh, you know, a high enough number that I feel confident. If I send out the email, they will show up to the webinar. I will make money. If I was starting out, cause I used to hate analytics, but if I was starting out and I paid attention to analytics more like I should have, then I might look at social media to say, okay, if I promote this on social media, 
how many people from social media then sign up to my webinar or how many people download the lead magnet from the people that sign up for the webinar or the lead magnet how many people then purchased my offer and then you can kind of look at the conversions you know throughout your entire funnel because your funnel is going to be social media email list um, webinar if you decide to do one and then you know the checkout page so i were to say if somebody were to look at analytics I look at analytics from the standpoint of did they purchase or did they not purchase? Not did they comment? Did they like? Did they DM me? Because none of that matters until they give me money. Mm. Yeah. I like it. Simple, as simple as that. That's, that's something right there. And speaking of uh, emails, like I think this is something interesting to ask. Like, how often do you think people should be sending out emails? And do you think every email, because there's some emails I, I'm subscribed to, it's like every day they send me an email where they're like selling to me. They're trying to sell me something every single day. And it's like, it's irritating as hell. And I was just like, let me unsubscribe from this. So like, what do you think is that balance that people should be doing? <laughs> I think you should be sending out an email once a week. Okay. Um, a lot of times people are like, oh, if I send out too many emails, they'll unsubscribe, like how you just said. But then if you're the type of person that sends out an email once a month or once every other month, by the time you send out the email, they're going to be like, who is this person? Let me unsubscribe. Like, I don't even know who this person is. Yep. And then if you're the type of person that only sends out an email once a month, you're usually only sending out the email once a month because you now have something to sell. So you want to be able to have that balance of like, hey, I'm giving value and then I'm selling something to you. So the person that emailed you every single day, if four of those emails was just pure value and maybe two or three of the emails was selling, you might be like, okay, I don't know if I want to buy, but I'm going to stay on the list because they at least give me value. And one thing I know I really appreciate what getting email um, marketing things from different you know, content creators is that they always keep it very personal. It doesn't feel like I'm selling, but here's a conversation and email between me and you. I feel like I'm the only person who got the email. Like, is that good? Yes. It's so personal. They they write it out how they speak and it doesn't feel salesy yes. at all. And then at the end, of course, here's the links. Here's, you know, the actual goal of the email. But I'm happy to do that because you didn't come at me in like such a salesy way. Yes, I love that you said that because I always say like good content is just a conversation between you and the person that you want to, you know, enroll in your, your program, your offer or whatever. Um, and if you actually write your emails like you're speaking to one person, then, then they will read it as if you are only speaking to them. And that's what makes people feel really good. And another thing with that is like to, to help uh, create that feeling of intimacy with your emails, make sure that your emails are written again, like a conversation and make sure they're not branded. Nobody wants to feel like they're reading a newsletter. People want to <laughs> feel like they're reading a personalized letter. Um, so that would be like my advice for email marketing, make it conversational, make it less branded. You don't need a header. You don't need your logo. The only, like, if you, if you want them to know who it's coming from, just have it in you know, the from line, like from Maya. Mm-hmm. And you talked, you talked about adding value as well. Do you think, uh, cause I, in my opinion, how I see, I feel like a lot of new people that try to monetize their social media, they mess up by just trying to sell, sell, sell first before they give value to anybody. It's like, why would I buy something from you? If I don't even like you haven't gave me, I haven't got any information or if you're entertained, I haven't got any entertainment from you, no inspiration. <laughs> it's like, right. it's like, why would I purchase anything from you? you right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you definitely want to get value. I think that goes back to the question of like, can you oversell? Like, by the time you ask for the sale, they should already be sold. 
So did mm -hmm. you do the work or not to really sell? Because selling is not asking for money. Selling is building trust. Mm -hmm. Asking for the money is just the transaction part. So you want to focus on selling, quote unquote, in terms of, am I giving the type of content that's going to build trust? So when I do ask for them to go through with the transaction, they already feel confident. Mm -hmm. Kind of going back to you know, just building a regular relationship. It's a give and take in the beginning. You know, you got to give out in order to build that trust and establish that relationship first. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of people, like, um, they create the analysis of marketing with, like, dating or marriage. It's like, obviously, you're not going to get married on the first date, but let me see what you have. Like, what are you talking about? Do we have similar values? Are we equally yoked? Like, do, do we like each other? Are we compatible? And that's what people are trying to see through your content. Do they vibe with your content? Do you guys share similar values, um, similar personalities, all of that stuff? And does your, does your product or service align with what they are looking for? Like, imagine somebody who has no interest in marriage dating somebody who's super pressed to be married. It's out of alignment. So right. you want to make sure that, you know, you're creating content that would um, align with your ideal client or customer. Mm. And that's how you build long-term client relationships. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And this is uh, my final question. That is to anyone that's listening to this that's probably trying to build their brand or monetize their audience. And they're at the, the very early, early stages of it, like at the beginning, ground zero. What would be your best piece of advice for that person? Uh, my best piece of advice would be to tell your story and build your community. Like worry about um, like your existing following the existing people on your email list. A lot of people downplay like if they don't have a huge email list or if they don't have a huge following, but I'm like, this gives you a chance to really build that intimacy and figure out exactly what they want because it's easier to manage a few followers and a few email subscribers than it is to manage, you know, 10,000. And don't be afraid of investing your time, right? So obviously we talk a lot about investing your money, taking the courses, great, do all of that. But don't be afraid to invest your time because everybody wants to come out the gate with ads and I don't want to work too hard. It's like, if you don't want to work hard, then don't be an entrepreneur. That's why I laughed. Like when you said people would be like, oh, I'm going to do what I did. I'm going to make the hundred thousand. Like, no, you have to invest your time and one thing that I would suggest you invest your time in is getting on the phone with people. Ask people who follow you, like once you figure, once you start getting an idea of what you might want to sell and who you think your audience is going to be, get on the phone with them. This is called market research. I know we hate doing it nowadays because we just think we deserve to automatically make sales, but we still have to research our market. Get on the phone with people ask them what they're, what they're struggling with in you know, whatever industry you're in. What are, you, what are you struggling with when it comes to growing your hair? What are you struggling with when it comes to finding your dream partner? What are you struggling with when it comes to making money in your business? What are you struggling with when it comes to losing weight? Have these conversations with these people, get permission to record the conversation, do 10 of these calls and pay close attention to what people are saying over and over and over and create the perfect solution for that. Then get on the call with people again and ask them, like, say, like, hey, I know you're really struggling with blank when it comes to growing your hair, losing weight, whatever the result is that they want. 
I'm thinking about creating a service or I'm thinking about creating a program or a product or whatever that will do this for you, that will help you get these results. Here's what that would look like. Do you think that would be something that you would invest in? Or do you think that would be something that you would you know, pay money for? Now you're seeing if people are going to put their money where their mouth is, and then you can create a beta group um, and test to see if your product or service gets these results. And even when you create beta, you should still be charging for beta because a lot of people do beta and they don't charge. And it's like, one, they're not going to do the work because it's free. So there's really no investment involved. And you still haven't tested if this is something people would put money into because you made it free. So you first want to see if people would be interested in it. And if they're claiming they want, they would be interested in it, let them know that, you know, okay, I'm going to release this in a week or whatever. Um, and I'll reach back out to you at my beta price. And if it's something that you're interested in, I would love for you to be able to test it out, or I would love for you to work with me over the next few weeks or whatever. That is my suggestion for the person that is just starting out. You are going to be ahead of the game for the people that just think that they should create an Instagram account and just beg for followers all day. That's a beautiful answer right there. You can't, you can't, you can't top that. You can't get better than that. That's perfect. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they definitely going to take a uh, value from that. And before Good. we wrap up, I just want to ask you, could you, do you mind plugging in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you? They want to uh, purchase anything from you, all that stuff. Absolutely. So of course, I would love to see the ladies at Impact Weekend. Um, I already opened the Facebook group for it. So we're connecting in there. I'm doing some lives in there. Um, so if you want to come to Impact Weekend, my three-day live event, February 5th through 7th, 2021, go to Impact. Com. If you want to connect with me or you have any questions about Impact Weekend or anything else that I offer, um, reach out to me on Instagram at Maya Elias, M-A-Y-A-E-L-I-O-U-S. And I always have to say it's Maya Elias, not Maya Licious. Because <laughs> <laughs> I swear when I first followed you, I swear that's what I thought too. Now I'm like, oh, it's a not Maya Licious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but before we let you go we just want to say we definitely appreciate you for coming on this was super dope it was uh i had a fun time doing this and this was fun same here thank you guys so much this was super fun i appreciate you letting me on your platform definitely appreciate you for coming on we definitely will be keeping in touch with you for sure all right y'all take care all right you too enjoy your day right, bye and then wrapping up for those who don't know you can follow me on instagram and twitter at xavier c miller and you can also follow diana at Deanna Kent on Instagram and Twitter. And also you can follow Park Hill Capital on Instagram and the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast at M Mindsets Pod. That's all we have for you guys. Appreciate y'all for listening to another episode. Peace. Hey, turn me up something. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper I've been Chase of greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments. 
and sacrificing temporary for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna speak that sh that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.